Yo, 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 what's up? It's CJ Today Slate from the Upgrade America Podcast 2.0. You already know, this is the bonus footage. We gave you encore. Do you want more? <laughs> anyway, like, share, subscribe. Check us out on YouTube. Uh, make sure you leave uh, comments on YouTube. Let us know what we can do better, what you disagree with, what you agree with, whatever. We down. Peace, blessings, and hold it down. Good, we rolling. Not yet. Uh-huh. And we're rolling. Back for more of the Bitcoin ambassador. Upgrade <laughs> America. This is some bonus footage. You know, give you a little something extra. But what's on the rundown today, CJ? Uh I just wanted to talk about I, I listened to a couple of interviews on the Breakfast Club. You also had a little mini rant to pick. Um and we wanted to talk about Secret Service being like infiltrated in a way, which is big deal for us because we know how insider threat is like one of the most dangerous things in any type of security profession. So, uh, yeah, go off, man. That's what we'll, we'll see what we can touch on in this few minutes. Um, yeah, bonus episode. I've got the shout out my buddy Chief Keith in the Bronx. He's an electrician. We went to college together, and he ended up doing an electrician path. But um, he's also an Army veteran, too. He gave me cool. some tips. I'm building an electric motorcycle, working with powerful lithium batteries. He gave me some tips on how to work with them and some confidence to move forward. So definitely want to shout him out. In this motorcycle journey, breaking it down and, and rebuilding it up, it is a lot of failure. And it dawned on me that you have to build a tolerance to failure and once you do this it will give you the confidence to one to push through any obstacle until you achieve your objective and to do larger objectives like it's no secret i ran for president in 2020 you know what the results are but it didn't crush my spirit just one i received so many gifts so many great gifts from from that endeavor one this this beloved podcast and you know just i got to spend more time with my fellow defenders cj day slayer i learned how to 3d print learned how to do this merch thing you know this yeah. so much blessings came from this trying and, and and failing at the largest game on earth oh well you know move forward from it but you will fail just from trying And if you're not failing, it means you're not, it means you're in your comfort zone. It means if you're bragging about, I'm winning, 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 it's because you're playing, you know, you're playing little kids and you're in high school. You know, you're, you're in your comfort zone. So you have to, you have to try, you have to fail, you have to play the game and you have to play the game you have to lose just so you can, just so you can get stronger. It's like, yeah, I lost the game that Donald Trump and, and Joe Biden played. Like, that's how I'm looking at it. But I learned so much just from, you know, rubbing shoulders distantly in, in, in that endeavor. I'm ranting on long enough. Just persevere through any obstacles. Like, if you keep trying and 
you don't give up, you get what you want. I will have my electric motorcycle coming soon. <laughs> Over to you, CJ. Uh, yeah, I've definitely failed a lot. Um, failed a lot through college. Failed. I remember I failed my first driver's test. Do me both parallel park to save my life. Yeah, I failed like so many things. Uh, I failed one of my certification exams and got right back up and passed it and then been passing ever since. Got one Tuesday. Um, but yeah, I, once you get used to the taste of failure, you're good. Like nothing really should shake you after that. It shouldn't. Some people is devastating, you know, but it can, it, be. It can be, but it shouldn't. Uh, so it's okay to fail. Just Dust yourself off, keep going, you know, who adapt and overcome. You know it. And just find the lesson from the failure. Absolutely. Look at it that way, like, okay, I know that doesn't work now. Then, you know, just find the lesson in that failure. Shout out to Napoleon Hill, think you grow rich. Oh, yeah, I read that book. years ago. Change your, your mindset. But uh, that is something, a takeaway that I got from that book as well. But what else do we, we have to discuss? I did want to highlight two interviews I saw that were very interesting. Okay. Uh, well, three. Um, and I, I tend to listen to these going to work um, or watching them when I get a chance. But Pete Buttigieg, I always mess his name up. Um, transportation Secretary. Mm-hmm. I like, on The Breakfast Club, I watched the interview and I thought it was very... This is the reason why I'm advocating for millennials on down to start running in government. Because I sat there and listened to his interview. Granted, he's a politician, all this, right? But the thing that I did appreciate is like he talks like us in a way. Like he's like, oh, that dude's an asshole or whatever. I'm sitting here like, I'm thinking of politics pre-Trump and you couldn't say stuff like that, right? Not on top of that, he's honest about the shortcomings and the challenges. Like he's like, yeah, that's, mm, yeah, it's gotta work. Like he's gonna put the political spin on it. But I'm like, yo, this is our generation on down. Like we don't do this bullshit. Like this dance. Like it's like, yo, this is what it is. We trying to find solutions. So I'll say all that to say, he came up with. Well, he brought up a lot of upgrade America concepts. In all these interviews, they brought these up. Well, mainly just him and the mayor interview, I've noticed. And I noticed, too, these interviews don't do well. They don't do as high on views. And I find that interesting because one thing I can give the Breakfast Club credit for is they do have a plethora of different guests on there. And I only I only watch for certain guests like this, certain people, because I'm an interview junkie. Everybody that knows me intimately knows I'm an interview junkie. So, um, the biggest thing I wanted to point out was, since we're going to electric vehicles and they were talking about that, the concept of Hyperloop should didn't really come up, and I was kind of surprised they didn't press him about Hyperloop, like making that nationwide. I know it's in development and everything, I think in California, but why is that not being pushed and blasted? And I think it's because of aviation. I feel like if we get, yeah, I think, and I, I challenged my buddy Willie on this. He's like, nah, aviation ain't going nowhere. I'm like, yeah, but if you get that Hyperloop going and popping, that replaces traditional trains. That 
now we can travel way more efficiently and move stuff way more efficiently. So what are we going to really need, you know, plans for and traditional trains? I would like to see it on the East Coast first from New York to Miami. Mm, yeah. And, um, because when we're talking about what, it's, is it a thousand miles across coast to coast? Oh, you saying coast to coast? Or are you yeah. talking about from like Maine on the way down? Oh, uh, no, no. I'm talking about from New York to Cali. It's like at least a thousand miles. It's like, I thought it was like 3,000 miles or something. It's like 3,000, yeah, I'm bugging. It's something like that. You're right, because I think it was the Colorado, was like a thousand miles. But it's a long stretch of land to uh, the tunnel go across. And they were encountering some, some difficulties doing it in Cali. That's what I'm saying. Even doing it on the East Coast, like from New York to Miami, I could see that still being difficult unless they did it on the coast. Like, so you really wouldn't have to dig with the uh, tubes. I don't know. I'm not a master in engineering with that, but I do like the Hyperloop concept. It's just the startup infrastructure. I could see that. Yeah. Well, they were talking about the infrastructure bill and stuff like that. And then also uh, putting uh, support to charge cars everywhere, like electric cars, EVs, since we're going that way. Like, we got to get that nationwide. I feel like we could do that a lot sooner than Hyperloop. Like, that could have, honestly, in a weird way, during the blip would have been the best time to do that while nobody was moving. They... <laughs> During the blip, they did a lot of 5G installs. Mm. Everyone was locked in, and you come out yeah. see these weird antennas everywhere. But yeah, I agree with that. The EVs, I, I work with a power company, and that's something that they're they're monitoring as well because they're preparing for people charging EVs on their residents, and that puts a drain on the grid as well. I was doing some additional research because eventually I would like to ride an electric motorcycle coast to coast. You yeah. know, and there is a stretch of land where it's like maybe 200 miles where there's no uh, EV charging station. So yeah, having a, a secure route for that would be uh, a very big deal. Well, uh, how are we looking on time? What was uh, we're looking at ten minutes, but what was the biggest takeaway from uh, from him on from Buddha Judge on, on EVs or transportation in general? Well, that's that's the route we're going. Like that's coming. Like they're really trying to get rid of gas, especially after this last situation. Yeah, they're trying to minimize gas. I'm not saying petroleum will go away, but they're at least trying to do it for vehicles. I can see that for um, for how do you say mail? Like boom, we got uh, we got we're delivering mail with electric fees. Government we're doing with electric fees. But you would you almost have to. It's almost like the oil reserves would be for our military because our jets we're not going uh, we're not going electric V with our jets. We're not going electric V with our tanks. Not going electric V with our Humvees or our other missions like that. So it's almost like they want to uh, reserve that for for war missions. 
I don't know. But there, there is a push for it. We, we mentioned that in, in the Upgrade America book. Like, and it seems to be happening faster than, than we projected. Yeah, um, let's see. The other interview was interesting. It was Affirmation Tower. I sent you a link for that. Um, I basically, get to read it. What was that about? So it reminded me of Skyward, your project, right? It's going to be the first black-owned, black-built skyscraper in New York. It's okay. going to be the tallest building in New York. That's the goal. Okay. Yeah. See, that's why I was like, yo, you definitely need to watch this interview because they was talking some heat in that interview, man. And what I liked about the interview was they're both, um, they went to HBCUs, which is interesting, historically black universities, colleges and universities. And then they're both high wealthy black folks that you don't hear about. They're not entertainers and athletes and any of this. They're like real estate developers, moguls. And the one guy, Don Peebles, which I've been finding him even more and more interesting, he was talking about reparations in form of equity and representation across all sectors of life. And I was like, yo, like... Explain about that uh, reparations in form of equity. So he was saying, okay, if there is... Like, he's breaking down the demographics in New York. I forgot what the exact numbers are, but he's like, if you got 30% of black folks in, I don't know, in this certain, in the pension, they're talking about the people that run the pensions and stuff or unions and all that, you should have 30% representation on your board or people making the decisions. Like everything should mirror your demographics or where black folks are. So it was like, and Ice Cube brought this up in his plan, what's the Black Plan for America? I forgot the name of the plan now, I'm blanking on it. But he brought this up as well. Just representation should represent where we're at in every sector. Um, I agree with that. It was very good because he said that's really how we transform everything. He said you just need economics to make shit move at the end of the day. And it's it's economics and networking, obviously. Those two, because that's why those two joined together to build this tower, which is costing $3.6 billion, that, that money that they raised. And it he said it was like, I forgot how much over the asking price. It's like insurmountable where they couldn't turn that deal down. So in the Infinity Affirmation Tower, they're gonna have like uh, ice skating, I think penthouse stuff, office space, retail, um, I think a museum or something like civil rights museum, like all kind of stuff in there. So you mentioned um, the equity part, and I asked because the way the light bulb went off in my head, in my head, like reparations as equity. But what about reparations, real estate as reparations? Well, he was bringing that up too. Like okay. they were, they were actually kind of talking about that. There was another interview he was in too. They were kind of talking about that as well, but they brought that up because they're both real estate developers. So it's perfect to ask them. You definitely should watch that interview because it has so many gems in there. It was crazy, man. And like all that wealth of experience and wisdom that those two had. And Cheryl McKissick, she's dope too. Like her family's been doing real estate for like hundreds of years and shit. I'm like, oh, that's wild. Like. 
you just never you never hear these stories so yeah that's a thought i had on that that's um nice like because i'm i'm just thinking in my head like okay cool whole skyward concept essentially it's like you can create the most valuable real estate in the world by you know this whole pyramid structure why not give a, a, a portion of that to the black community and i'm not talking about the base level that's going to be dedicated to the homeless i'm talking about the the mile high sky levels that people would gladly pay a million dollars a night to stay like divvy up that real estate it can be it can be created yeah uh, that's like um like i i think we talked about this community trust hmm. like so remember we were talking about like say amazon moves a headquarters in a black community because they got the real estate for cheap that whole community should get a percentage of their profits in perpetuity now how would that be divvied out uh i guess the people that i mean obviously you have to do it off the people that own real estate that's the biggest it's a little tricky but that's probably the best way to mind it. like if you got to stay there or something to that effect i don't know exactly but because like, let's talk about the people who are renting in that community mm-hmm. maybe they can get like um as long as they're there they can get um what do you call it maybe like a dividend or stocks or something like to that effect while they're there. Once they move, that discontinues. But if you're a resident, you live there, like you own a house there, you know. Um, I almost want to say like, it would be easier to like, for a corporation to fix shared roads and, and infrastructure. Oh yeah, we agreed with that. Like we said, they all should do that. I agree with that too. But also, uh, we talked about on the other episode about the, the need for security. You know, like uh, law enforcement is doing their best. We know that. At the same time, perhaps uh, you know, areas could be supplemented with private security. You know, you have your your law enforcement that's their that's their jurisdiction. But hey, now Amazon is also to make the the neighborhood even safer. You know, there's now there's private security, and their area of responsibility would be not only the compound, but like you know the surrounding neighborhoods. I don't know. Just like this. Um, the one mayor. How much time we got? I want to. I'm not gonna dwell on the last one too long. Oh yeah, yeah. We're at 18 minutes. But go ahead. Oh shit. Um. Well, I'll just say real quick. I saw the mayor of Atlantic City, and it was really cool hearing the cool things he was doing with Atlantic City to revive it. It was once an entertainment hub and all that, but it looked like he's hitting all the sectors of society, like tech, um, obviously entertainment stuff infrastructure social programs so i thought that was really cool of him and then also i got a phone call from the international monetary fund (laughs) to just uh get on a veterans affairs call for something i forgot what it was i got it during work but i thought it was ironic that it was the international monetary fund calling me it's a dc number and 
Go ahead. How do they know that you're a veteran? It's almost like saying, yeah, we researched you. We know who you are. We know you're a veteran. And we're the IMF, like the biggest monetary, uh, how do you say, entity in the world. Like, And did I mention they are not a big fan of Bitcoin? But. It was it was about something totally different too. I don't know if I saved a, a voice message or whatever, but it was like veteran stuff. So I was sitting there like, well, obviously the Veterans Affairs has all my info, so that's not a hard stretch. But it is weird that that came up. On my phone. Yeah, that was weird. They have to doing just yeah, that's pretty strange. But uh, stay vigilant is all I, all I can say. <laughs> I think anything else you had on this bonus footage? Um, yeah. Everybody out there, not to spread FUD, that's fear, uncertainty, and doubt. But, um, you know, get yourself a electric scooter at the minimum. You know, just how gas prices are. Get yourself a battery, you know, and some little solar panels, you know, case anything um, power goes out long term you can have, you'll, you'll at least have that. But if power goes out long term mm-hmm. how does that affect cell? Like I guess somewhere towers have to be connected to power and automatic. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. That's a good point. I'm like is it even worth it? Why we have the internet if like everything's down? I don't know. If I can connect to a network somewhere, I suppose it's worth having. I mean, they have devices like that, so... But still, that you make a good point. Because you hmm. can't use a satellite phone when it's uh, yeah. powers down, because there's... Someone... Some program has to make sure you have money to authenticate that you can connect to these satellites to make you do it, and if that's down, you know, you, you don't get to connect. So, I don't know, still working on that long range connection though, bro. So we can stay in contact, keep the show going yeah, on like radio waves or something. <laughs> I'll figure it out. Uh, yeah, I think that's it. But you break up a good point. But yeah, we'll cut it short. We don't want to make this too long. Yeah, yeah, it's true. But yeah, thanks for everybody for tuning in to the bonus. We'll catch you on the next episode. Peace. Peace.